mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society can sometimes make us feel ashamed of. My name is Caroline and I believe that is called Al Fresco. Joining me is a man whose noise makes it apparent it's all over, Connor Finch. <laughs> Very nice. That was really mean. That's a really mean way to introduce you, but no. I could not. I'm really sorry. No, it's great. I liked it. I was like, where's she going to go? She's got the alfresco bit in. Where's it going from here? <laughs> so today, God, we're talking about uh, Lily Allen. And um, I met you for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We were uh, on a day out with our mutual friend and benefactor, Dolly Alderton. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, it's it's straight from the show. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> sorry. Well, I was like, oh, it's the, it's the new, like, it's the bad boy of BBC iPlayer. <laughs> What's he going to do? Yeah. And then quite quickly, we got talking about music. And then even quicklier, we got into talking how much you bloody love Lily Allen. Yeah. In a way that, I said this to you at the time, it's like, I, I it's, it's quite rare to find men who will talk about the women musical artists that they love in a way that's so unabashed and emotional and not sort of like, arm foldy and like yeah she's pretty good like some good tunes you know yeah 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 yeah. because we met and we started talking about my experience with the libertines yeah yeah at a rolling stones gig yeah and i genuinely think the most excited i was all day was when my mate texted me he was at glastonbury and she was like lillian's just come out (laughs) and she's sung this song and i think that's when you clocked because i freaked out (laughs) and i was like oh what (laughs) <laughs> and she's I think back, it then, she's on stage she's with yeah. Olivia Rodrigo I know back at Glastonbury I was like this is it this is it this is it texting my mate she's being like I think there's a tour coming there's got to be an album he's like I think it might have just been an appearance I was like no no, no it always happening. means something yeah 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 um, and I think that was probably the most excited I was all day <laughs> talking about in the presence album. of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards yeah yeah. Talking about Lily at another end of the country. <laughs> yeah. I love So what got you into her and why do you love her so much? I realise it's a huge fucking question. Yeah. It, it, I, well, I, I definitely have my mate uh, Aaron to thank for getting me into Lily Allen. Um, I think that's sort of, I've known him for years, but it's like, that is my first memory, is his love of Lily Allen. Really? So then I started listening to her quite a lot and I mean I must have been like early years of high school mm. um so this is like 2008 2007 mm-hmm. and you know I started with that first album and I heard a lot of a lot of my favorite musicians in her music mm. because I, I do think she's got such a London sound yeah yeah so I heard a lot of which I didn't know at the time but are a lot of her sort of inspirations of like the specials and even the clash. Yeah. You know, like rock bands and stuff like that. I was like, they're there. 
Yeah, revisiting that first album, I couldn't believe because like I um my favorite thing about doing this podcast is um when people who I asked to do an episode with me, they they name something that I'm definitely familiar with, but I haven't thought about in years. Yeah. And and was de- I definitely like had an interest in her, but she was never a big focus of mine. And so I had never listened to an album all the way through. Uh, that first album. Um, and I was like, wow, this is so sonically interesting. Like the there's like ska in there, there's reggae. Yeah. You can definitely hear the specials, you can definitely hear the clash. Like yeah, she, yeah, she it's so like I remember I heard her on Desert Island Dis and the first song she picks is Common People and you're yeah. like, Oh yeah, there's a straight line between hearing that as a child and making the music that you make. It's so obvious. Absolutely. And I think there's that and it's sort of like Obviously, I, I do think she's someone that has just got such her own sound. And, you know, I think a lot of people have... Even now, there's I hear a lot of musicians that are taking a lot of inspiration from her, but a lot of people heard that at the time was like, oh, I could probably do this as well. So, yeah. But it's her sound, because there's also like, you know, especially from a Desert Island Discs, mm. there's like garage music and stuff like that, and yeah, it's yeah. like when she's doing certain songs on that first album and it's like, you hear it all there. And I think that was what was brilliant. I, I still think it's, in terms of debut albums, this is big, but it's like top five for me, debut really? albums. Yeah. But again, but the thing is like, I think it's normal for a debut album to wear its references quite heavily. Like I think that's yeah. normal and good and it's actually exciting. It's one of the exciting things about listening or reading a debut anything you know it was like oh this is someone who's just forming their identity and they're still wearing the stuff they love really close to them and so Mm. if you're a fan of a lot of music there's that fun identifying thing right and it it feels fresh and young and you can feel someone it almost makes that music new for you again when you feel someone coming into that stuff um but i feel like like I don't know if you listen to, for example, the Libertines, a band we both love. Yeah, you can feel like, oh, this is they—they they clearly love the Clash. They clearly love the Rolling Stones. This yeah, is like this is like a boys who grew up with the dream of what a rock star was. Absolutely, yeah. And they were creating it, and like bully, you know, good for them. Yeah, and like Oasis <laughs> and all that stuff. But with Lily, it feels like much more of a of a melting pot. And when you say it's a London sound, mm. like particularly with those first two singles, which like blew up so quickly, LDN yeah. and Smile. It even now when you listen to it, like and like having lived in London for eleven, twelve years, like it, you feel like you're like walking down like Brixton Market and yeah, like yeah. you can smell weed and like <laughs> you can just yeah. smell weed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not like it's not next to you, but it's somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? I think that's so true as well. Like you know, I hold my hands up that like as soon as sort of January, February, March, April start getting out of the way, yeah. there's a bit of sunshine coming. I can just go out in a t-shirt. My headphones are in yeah. and LDN's on. It's like, the mirror that comes on. It's oh, like, yes. It's unbelievable. I still think every time I've seen a live, that's got the most reaction when you hear that bit of an intro. Yeah. The crowd go mad for it. It is so instant, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I think that's what it is. There's no, like, you're almost waiting for the chorus to come. It's not. It's straight away, that yeah, instrumental, yeah, yeah. you know what's coming. It's so smart. It's so fucking smart. Is she such a smart like artist? And it's so interesting because like, so you sent me a uh, list of twelve songs, 
And I, when people are doing musicians, I was like, okay, obviously their Uber is too big. Pick me some songs that you think are you know, the ones to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And you sent me a very diligent email saying, I've sent two lists. Yeah, I had sent two lists. <laughs> My first list is what I believe to be her best work. And the second is what I believe to be her quintessential work, which is like the level of nerdiness. I just was like, oh, Connor, I love you. Yeah. Um, um, but I've, I've arranged your... Uh, your choices chronologically. I feel like Christy Young. Um, <laughs> and the first one that you put on the list is LDN. And obviously, mm. and it was Smile was the first single. LDN was the second, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. But I remember like when she came out, I'm a little bit older than you, but like, so I was like in my later teens. But there was, um certainly from where I was, a very confused and almost borderline angry reaction to her immediately. Yeah. For someone who's making very fun gorgeous outdoor music that like it's like like she went on to be something of a controversial artist but just based on these singles I don't find them like they're like yeah I, I've I think I've always been really confused because I think you're right she a lot of people would say she's a controversial artist I'm like why it's like I think that first album sums it up she's just incredibly honest yeah yeah and there's she's not interested in subtext or games or no. riddles no like which i love about her like yeah. i think there are obviously some artists who you can really adore like picking through the meanings and like yeah you know it's that the whole taylor swift thing of being like oh she, she <laughs> loves the number 13 yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah 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 this is a reference to harry styles because we've seen in this press photo he's wearing this <laughs> necklace or whatever yeah literally but like if lily allen dated harry styles the first line of the song was, so I was dating Harry Styles and then Harry Styles came up to me and said, uh, Lily, your music's shit. <laughs> like, that's what it would be. Like the, I actually love that she's not subtle and she chooses to be not subtle. Yeah. And she's that way about everything. Yeah, I I can't help but think that's a bit a bit of a London thing again, really. Think? I think so. Because even, you know, compared to someone like Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. again, something like the song Rehab, very clear what that's about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like you could have made so many lyrics with subtext for that kind of song. No, no, no. This is about me not going to rehab. That's, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and so I think there's something so honest in that. And I think for the amount of people that love it, there's also a, a bunch of other people that might write about it. Yeah. That go, well, you've put us out of a job here because our job is to kind of break down what lyrics mean and you've just told everyone. Yeah, genius.com would not exist if every artist was Lily Allen. Yeah, literally. <laughs> she's like, yeah, well, she says that she, yeah. she wants to get laid and she does. Um, it's funny, I, you've really sparked something in my brain when you said that thing about London artists and I'm thinking mm. of other London, like Amy Wine's like, yeah, she's saying she wants, she needs to go to rehab or whatever. Or The Clash as well. Very, yeah. very clear what they mean and what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it's this, it reminds me of this literally years ago, and I'm probably misquoting it, but I did a, a, like a sociology minor <laughs> in university. <laughs> I know, brag. Um, but <laughs> they, I remember this study, I remember really clearly, it was a study about high context and low context societies. So a low context society means that um, there are a lot of different diverse people living in that area. So uh, London would be a low context society. And the, what it's meant by low context is when you meet someone on the street, you don't know where they're from and you don't know where they're going and you don't know what their deal is. And so right. and, and and so you kind of you need 
them to be clear and you need to figure it out kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and they and this this study was actually it was on small talk. It was like oh. people in the British love small talk because the the Brit like Britain is a more diverse society. There's lots of different groups going on, mm. and so they need small talk to understand where everyone's coming from. And oh, then wow. you get somewhere like Finland, where everyone's broadly the same. Very little small talk because it's a high contact society. They all know each other. <laughs> right. So the reason I'm talking about that is that like. London's a low context city. You yeah. need to be direct. You yeah. need to say what you mean because we we're in a place where people speak a lot of languages coming from a lot of different contexts. Yeah. You need to be like, I'm not going to rehab. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I mean? Literally, yeah. And I think that might be. I'm kind of interested now to follow that through the thread of all London music. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's there. And I think that's what's great, especially when I think of like the Clash, Amy Winehouse, Lily Allen. Even it's grime an and stuff. It's oh like yeah, like this is yeah. exactly what's going on. This is the road I live on. Yeah, it, <laughs> literally. Like, these are who my friends are called. Yeah, but like going right back as well, like Chaz and Dave. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Dave. I'm not comparing Lily Allen to Chaz and Dave. That's not what I'm doing. But <laughs> I don't think she'd mind. <laughs> Love Chaz and Dave. Um. So yeah, this I remember this like real anger happening around her, and I think that was coming from a lot of different places. Mm. Um. I think first of all. And it's hard to talk about this because there is like the um, the immediate thing of like she's got famous parents, like she's got a dad who's yeah. Keith Allen and a mom who's like you know works out working title. She's a film producer. Mm. Her stepfather was Harry Enfield. Yeah. There was all these stories about how she was a baby at Glastonbury, and what's what's difficult to parse about this conversation is that the arts is fucking picked apart clean by nepotism hires do you know what I mean and it's mm. and like you know both of us work in the arts neither of us have you know blue link wikipedia parents no. like, <laughs> and it's and like honestly you have to work hard the longer you're in this business to like not become an arsehole about it yeah of like learning that someone got a job or whatever and then literally googling them and then finding out that they're like fucking their mum is the director of some huge like arts thing, yeah you know yeah and it's like how the it, fuck am I supposed to do exactly because you, know? you, you know you can't ever help but think, oh, if I had that, then yeah. would I have got somewhere else or would I be better? But I don't know. I mean, I it's weird because I do agree with that, but then yeah. at the same time, I'm like, both of her parents, and I only know this from her book. I didn't know this before reading the book. Was that they're both from working class backgrounds? Yeah. So it's like, I do think that has an impact on the way, you know, you must have to think about how you raise children, especially if they want to get into the arts, mm. you know. It's like, how much of a foot up do we give them? Do we give them any yeah. at all? Yeah. You know, or do you look at it in the sense of going, we we came from nothing, we didn't get that. So as soon as I can give that opportunity to someone else, I want to. Yeah. I, I don't think that was the case. I yeah, I don't think she was like ever given like directly a job from. She obviously never was given a job no. from a parent. It's not that clean cut, but it's a, it's more one of those nebulous things of like it allowed her to be in worlds where she met people that possibly escalated and whatever. And but like I wouldn't like that's not to say also that she's a phenomenal talent and like yeah, you know we. <laughs> We need to keep. We need to keep her. <laughs> like yeah. she deserves to be here. She's proved time and time again that she deserves to be here. Up against this thing of like, yeah, like having the instant narrative around you as you come out, being like, you went to all these fancy private schools, you yeah. had all these famous people around you from a really young age. Um, but I do think 
that something about Lily having this really specific background yeah um gives her an insight and a bravery and a candidness that other artists don't have because they don't have the same kind of 360 view of what fame is oh, that's, and what that's it can't give you yeah that is very interesting but the weird thing is is that and this is a bit naughtier and I'm going to be talk about it carefully um People aren't mad about Cara Delevingne in the same way or Jemima Kirk in the same way, right? Mm. Whose like, parents are um, famous or whatever. And I think it's because those girls were immediately baked in like a very traditional type of beauty and glamour. They were they looked like like 1950s starlets immediately. And it was almost like, oh, yeah, we can always make room for more of those. <laughs> we can, we can uh, always see, make yeah. room for more waist length, blonde hair, cheeky gal who, <laughs> who gets to be in the evening standard <laughs> at parties. And then sometimes she does stuff and we're OK with this kind of thing <laughs> that we're fine with as a society. <laughs> but like there's something like Liliana, like, but like she looks weird. Like she looks weird. <laughs> well, she created her like lo- a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was like that, that her look, especially for that first album of like that become like a style like yeah through her doing it it was huge yeah and i remember growing up in ireland we were so confused by it (laughs) (laughs) we did not know what to think because it was obviously cool like the thing of like it was so iconic this thing of these prom dresses yeah um the sort of the hair up high and the big gold earrings Mm. and loads of eyeliner and the trainers it was just a a manner of putting things together that hadn't quite been put together before (laughs) and also had this thing of like okay she's wearing vintage dresses which we like and is cool yeah but the gold hoops scare us because we live in this very classist society where we're afraid of poor people (laughs) and like and the trainers that I can't even compute and like I remember just being like us not even able to figure it out yeah and so and then she's just this girl who just seems very ordinary wearing this mad shit and also her parents are famous and so I think Mm. that made people very rankled (laughs) because it's like if you're gonna be a famous person then be be Carrie Levine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, it was almost like she was just like, she almost did the opposite of maybe what would have been expected. Yeah. Of her, you know. Yeah. She could have very easily, I don't know. And it, I think she talks about it all the time, about how she didn't fall into being like that kind of pop star straight away where she was learning dance routines and that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And I think that's where the people who do love her music they're like, that's why they love her. Because yeah. she didn't come on the scene and try to be like yeah, she another did, pop star. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like a package ready no. to be sort of digested. And it's the thing of like, if nepotism were the only thing that were required to make a good music career, then Kelly Osbourne would have had a bigger musical <laughs> career. <laughs> now, I like the single Shut Up. but <laughs> Yeah, there you go. The next song you have on your list is Knock Em Out. Mm. And it's it's one of the, the songs from Lily where... Well, first of all, why did you put it on? You picked four songs from this album and that this is one of them. Yeah. Do you know, I, again, it, I don't know. There's so many different reasons why I love this song. I love that there's the kind of... She does the different voices of people. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I think that's so cool. She's doing like... Uh, like Whenever I'm taking, listening to it, I'm always like, who is this featuring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's like taking the piss out of like a guy, obviously, or yeah. like you're saying something. Um, and, you know, it's like all the reasons of basically telling a guy to mm-hmm. fuck off mm-hmm. without 
telling someone to fuck off, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and she's like, I've got to go, my house is on fire. Like, you know, that is that is a huge fuck off, mate. Just leave me alone. It's so good. I love the dialogue of it. It's this thing with her where a lot of her songs, they almost verge on comedy song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not fair is almost that is what it's almost 100%. like a joke song but there's enough kind of realness in there that makes you like oh no this is just like yeah. it's pulling back and it's a sort of like great it's a huge bop as well yeah um, I think she does that a lot I think it was something that probably went on until like the third album but like even Alfie on the first album and again like the music videos that went with it like yeah, yeah. her brother Alfie's like a puppet in the music video it's <laughs> like a furiously wanking puppet yeah in like a really like hot boxed bedrooms <laughs> and she uses like a little door to get in and I'm like that's hilarious it's so good yeah. it's so weird with Alfie Allen isn't it that like like he was a character in her songs and then he was this like became this actor on Game of Thrones yeah huge I met him okay. at one of Lily's Go gigs on. it was actually the last gig that I've been to of hers maybe the last gig she's done in London um and me and my mate Aaron, who I've gone every, I've seen Lily like three times, uh, and he's always been the one that's got the tickets. Like he's 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 the fan. Um, and for whatever reason, we we sort of got there a bit early. We wanted to worm our way mm-hmm. into the crowd. Sure. And um, we was in the bar. It was at the Roundhouse in Camden, and <laughs> I just turned around. He's like. Is that Alfie Allen? I was like, I was like, come off it, mate. I was like, we're at Lily Allen's gig. You're telling me that Alfie Allen is stood at the bar with everyone else. I turned around, I was like, fucking Alfie Allen. And this is like him at his like peak in Game of Thrones. But that's like, I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Straight away, like, no, nothing else other than full fan moment of oh going, went up to him, Alfie, can we get a pitch, please? Oh my Literally god! Like, and the worst thing about it is, like, I don't think Aaron did, and I know I didn't. I'd ever seen Game of Thrones. We was literally getting a picture with Lily and his brother. <laughs> we well, did the thing where you were about to said, "Yeah, huge fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, a picture. Yeah, yeah." I think we might have mentioned something to do with the song <laughs> Alfie. Oh right, right. They love that. Yeah, I was like. It's so funny how Alfie Allen's penis has been <laughs> has been the through line of his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> just decided to wait until you take a drink for that one. Um, yeah, of like that song was by him. From what I remember, it was wanking furiously all the time, just smoking weed, and yeah. I, I think just being like, just being a scumbag teenager. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and then obviously in Game of Thrones, his character was like fucking guys dick chopped up. <laughs> I was like, it's, a, it's a real, real through line. Um, what, one song that you <laughs> you pointed out to me that I'd never heard before this, oh, but yeah. I fell in love with on this listen. Was Nan your window shopper? Unbelievable. What the fuck is up with that song? Unbelievable. So again, Cuss this out your is nan something for no reason. So I think I think it's the sample. I could be I'm pretty sure it is. It's a sample from a fifty cent song. Oh really? And she's just changed the lyrics to her own lyrics. Which I just think is like I mean that goes to show like who what what artist yeah. Does that? There's something so amazing about creating like a proper diss track about your nan. Yeah. And it is. She it's goes, a diss track. She like goes in on it as well. Like, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> For no reason. Yeah. Where she says, uh, she's talking about her nan, uh, cut, get, oh, you, only, you only buy the paper to cut out the coupons, but nan, what do you want with tampons? <laughs> You're saving 50p, what do you want with tampons? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's like, again, I mean, who ever thought they could rhyme or put that yeah. in a song? It's coupons. So good. And the, you're right, the sample is so good as well. The, like, the very beginning, the bottom is so much better than the yeah. top. All of her songs in that album, it's like within the first four seconds, it like injects oh, you with something. Unbelievable, yeah. It's like, it feels like an album, for, again, and then this is the, the kind of fun of debut albums in general, I think. It's like someone who knows they only have a minute to get your attention. So they just put, they just put it yeah. all up front. You know, they're like, ah, it's really good. Yeah. But it did, yeah, it's so true, actually. Like, that whole album, like, it really does feel like that, that everything is straight away. Even the slower songs, which is probably not compared to the, like other albums of hers, it's not got loads of slow songs on there, but they do still get you straight away. Mm. I mean, it's that album is probably the album that I play the most when I'm, if I'm getting ready to go on a night out. <laughs> I can't usually get away with it if I'm doing like a massive pre-drinks with loads of mates being like guys I think we should get ready to uh, Lily Allen Allen. everyone up for that and once that finishes we can just put on the next album why do you so as you know I don't have uh, many male guests on yeah you're of a very rarefied set I know I feel very lucky fortunate thank you um there are guys that I ask and they're just mm. like, oh, I, just, I can't really think of anything I like that much that fits the brief or <laughs> <laughs> that's like considered very female or, or whatever. Um, and I don't think that's true. Um, I think it's that, mm. that maybe like, first of all, to publicly go on the record, very loving a very female thing still feels like a dangerous thing for men to do, which I find very sad. <laughs> and it is this it is this thing where it's like, we talked about it before we started recording. Of like, guys will like will throw out like their favorite artists, and they will mm. all it'll all be men, and then they'll sprinkle in a woman that yeah. they're kind of into. It's like <laughs> it's, I call it like Smurfette syndrome. It's like one girl just to just to balance right, out the yeah, crowd, yeah, yeah. you know. And they'll and I know guys do it with a lot of things. Like the only woman they read is Ad Smith. <laughs> or, or now it's Sally Rooney as well. That'll be yeah. like the one book by a woman they'll read, and then they're like, "I'm good. I've done my, I've done my homework." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing. And it, it makes me sad because it's like, what, what are you not opening yourself up to? Yeah, you know? it, it feels like. I think that's it. I think there's sort of something that they're like, oh, if I'm gonna get into reading, then I've got to read something by. Yeah. So 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 it's like actually, I'm probably say all the best books I've ever read. Written by women. Yeah, you know we're really good at it. You're and not. you're in, you're uh, starring in a book by a woman. I am, I am, <laughs> and it's entirely controlled by women. You're basically the only man. Yeah, but again, it was like you know that was I couldn't have asked for a better job. That mm. was amazing, and I I still remember saying when I had my recall for that at working title, and I finished up, and I thought oh, you know that working title I didn't really, like this is huge and I literally said as I walked out I was like even if I don't get this I genuinely think this is one of the best scripts I've ever read in my life Oh. and I still stand by that like I think it's I mean yeah. I think I only had like the first three episodes Yeah. but even that I was like it was amazing and then I would like did something that I thought would be really bad if I didn't get it but I then went and read the book and I was like oh my god this is amazing so, I agree. Isn't she great? She's great. 
She's great. <laughs> big big fan of her over here. Big, yeah, just, so just a, a room full of big Dolly Alderson fans. Yeah, that's it. And Lily Allen. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the second album now. This yes. is an album that I loved um, oh. because I worked in HV during the time. It was like a huge, oh. it was always on rotation. It was one of the few albums that like, because like there were certain kind of rules around what you could put on the playlist um, and had to be something that was like we had at least 20 copies of because the point uh. of the playlist was that you had to sell CDs through it. Right. And obviously this this album from the second it came out it wasn't like the the grower that All Right Still was mm. it felt like this became a smash immediately oh my god yeah huge and so we always had it in and it was one of the few things that the, everyone on staff would agree was good you yeah. know and yeah. even by the end of it we got sick of it because it was on so much it was like oh yeah it's, you know everyone agrees you know yeah I, I mean I also think it's possibly my favourite album title yeah is yeah. that me it's you yeah I think that's brilliant <laughs> um, but yeah I I just, I think that took, it It kind of took that first album was like, oh, okay, people have responded well to what I want to do here. Mm. Now I'm going to put it all on the table. Yeah. I yeah. think that really showed her sound, who she is. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. bit of everything in there. It really is. I think that's just like one of her albums. It's like, there's a, there's a song for everyone on there, mm. you know? Not fair. Oh my god! I can't believe she got away with it still, and that's where she—I think she becomes like. Obviously, on the first album, you got songs like LDN, where it's mm. like, "I believe it's a pimp and his crackle kind of thing. Yeah. That's, not, that's like a bit shocking, and yeah. like there are definitely bits on that album where you're like, "Oh, she's trying some stuff out," but it feels yeah. like a rebellious teenager who's trying some stuff out. Yeah. Whereas this, it really does feel like somebody who's collected what they believe and what their experience are knows that their experiences matter yeah. and is just like, like I've like I just remember cause at this point you know I would have been when did it come out 2011 2020 yeah. I think 2010 rather sorry yeah yeah so I was like you know a grown person having sex and the fact that like <laughs> <laughs> that like someone was talking about the wet patch yeah it's just like what like no one's ever mentioned that ever just like yeah and like but no context no like poetic like you know, no. alluding to like exactly. oh, a certain dampness on the sheets or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm lying on the wet patch. And like, not no, she knows whatever. She has enough faith in her own songwriting and her own voice to know that everybody else knows what she means, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those songs as well where, I, I mean, I was quite young when that came out. I mean, I was in high school, but yeah. I just remember being like for ages loving it because it was like, had this sort of western and country yeah, yeah, yeah. style but like a great video and, that went with it yeah the video and everything and it was like great and then the more I listened to it I was like I really like this seems weird usually I know what a lot of you know her lyrics mean because they're quite self-explanatory and I, I remember listening to it all, like all the time in the car with my mum and I was like mum I was like what does giving head mean <laughs> Um, no way! How old yeah. were you? I was like twelve. Oh my gosh! I I have uh, checked in with my mum that I could tell the story, <laughs> um, and she was uh, she basically explained what the entire song was about. We like obviously had it on repeat all the time, and then we we went back and she sort of like paused it and started it again and would like break it down for me. Oh my god, really? Yeah, she's always been like that. To be fair, my mum, she's always like whenever I used to come out of school and not know what a word was, she was like. Tell me the word. Yeah. If I know what it means. I'll tell you what it means, and I can tell you if you're allowed to use it or not. <laughs> That's good. Like yeah. I'm like, 
So what a way was. to guarantee that your son's never going to be bad in bed by like explaining <laughs> every line of not fair. Yeah, so that was uh, that's a fond memory of that song. <laughs> what I love about that song, it's like another like a lot of her songs. Um, this thing that uh, almost verges into joke song territory. Yeah, like you could see a song like this being on like an SNL skit or something yeah. you could see like yeah. the female cast of SNL doing something like this with maybe 10% more jokes and it being a yeah. huge viral hit yeah. um, but it's not a joke song and there's a few really subtle choices in it that really like pull it back from that edge mm. and I think it's that like like the joke version of this song would be taking the piss out of his entire personality yeah. and then being like Annie's bad in bed kind of thing yeah, you know yeah, kind yeah. of thing but it's this thing of like what makes it sort of like more lyrical and more of a story in my eyes is that like this is somebody that does respect her, is nice to her. They yeah. have a laugh together. He, he, you know, he calls her all the time and stuff. But when it comes to sex, he's just, he just can't do it. Like he's just like <laughs> he's just fucking useless. Yeah. And like, because there's truth in that, right? Like, I'm not saying for everyone, but like yeah. you know that, that there's certain parts of a relationship where it's like, I you can't wish for a better person. Yeah. And there's other parts where you don't ever tell them, or you go. Clearly, in this song, she does tell that person. Yeah, yeah. Where she's just like, "But you are all of that, and I love you for it." But <laughs> you are shit in bed. <laughs> you are shit in bed. And I do think it's this thing of like, I think she gets to something really deep in it. Like, yeah. I, and I know it is a funny song, but like, there's this thing of like, this thing of like, sex being the closest way two people can possibly communicate with one another. Yeah. But also being this thing that like for many, many couples is like totally taboo to actually talk about. Yeah. Like of like this thing of like it's the it's the most intimate way you could possibly be with the person, but we don't talk about it before it's happening, while it's happening, or when it's done. It's yeah. like everything that happens within this vortex must be sort of like I would draw a veil around it. And like yeah. I've known I've known so many women over the years that like they've with brilliant partners that they just can't they literally cannot communicate with them because whenever sex comes up, they can. The only way they can talk about it is like in this kind of, oh, we had a nice time last night, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Dinner and a bit of dessert, kind <laughs> of thing. But like having a real, this is probably way too personal, <laughs> a story to share in the pub. I remember when me and Gab were together a couple of years, um, and we'd had we'd had some nice time in bed, and then I, I popped up and I was like, should we have a sex audit? <laughs> He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I think we should have an audit. I mean, let's go through it. And like, because you never know what's working for the other person yeah, or totally. not. Because, unless you actually have an you audit. You think you know. You think you, you know. Think you know. But like, we're, you know, there is a sense with sex that we're all kind of on stage in a little way. Yeah. And like, the, the, it, it means that like actual communication on that stage becomes very difficult. Yeah, yeah. So I just like, people should have a sex audit every couple of years. Yeah. And then you won't have people writing songs about it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I just, the, the, I always found it like sort of funny when I was younger, but the older I get, the more I find it very profound. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. 
This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I mean, it's true. It's, it seems odd that, you know, something so, as you say, intimate and, like, actually, like, a big thing, you know, there's maybe times where it doesn't feel like a big thing, but I think overall, like, it's a big mm. thing. Yeah. So, like, why is it... Why do you not talk about it with the person? It's not like you have to talk about it with anyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Literally talked about it to the person that's there with you. Yeah. In that moment. And it's also this thing of like that coming to that chorus when you're building up this like quite jokey kind of character assassination of being like this guy is sound but he's just in bed, and then the chorus being like it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's such an empowering message for girls to hear. Like yeah. it's not like. This guy's a prick and I'm gonna dump him now. It's like, it's yeah. not fair. It's not fair to have sex with someone and not be having the, an equitable amount of pleasure. It's not fair to not ask yeah. for those things. And like, That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like, I always find it funny in that song where like, just before the chorus comes in, it's like a really flat note on like a harmonica gets played. It's like, well... <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm not, yeah, that's that sort of sums it up, doesn't it, really? It's so weird that it's a Western theme, like, for no yeah. reason. It makes no sense. No, but it works. Yeah, yeah. Her sort of, like, her sort of, like, dipping her toe in around different mm. things. You can so tell it's somebody with, like, an incredibly eclectic palette, yeah. you know? That's another reason I think she's great. It's because I think you can really tell when you get into her music where her inspirations come from. Mm. I don't think if you just say to anyone, like, oh, there's definitely, like, inspiration as, you know, from The Clash or The Specials in Lily Allen. They'd be like, mm. what? <laughs> yeah. But there is. And, and genuinely diverse. Like, you can you can hear, like, ska in there and reggae in there yeah. and, like, grime in there and whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love that she feels that sense of freedom with it. Mm. And she also features pe- people on the record, so it's not oh, like she... Yeah. It never feels like she's cribbing. Like, no. she's not... It doesn't feel appropriative to me. Obviously, I'm not in a position to like decide what is or isn't appropriative, but like, it doesn't feel like she's just nicking stuff off cultures that she doesn't care about, mm. you know? Well, um, I've never thought about that. It never feels contrived, which is interesting because like, I heard her talking about her third album, She's Is. Yes. And we have 12 songs today and you have not included any of the <coughs> She's Is tracks. I haven't, no. That was the first time I saw her live. When oh, really? it was on the Sheezus tour. And obviously I'd seen like YouTube clips of her live before that. Um and I just remember even like looking at like the stage, the set before she got I was like, it seems different. And everything did seem different, you know. Different how? What was the kind of aesthetic and the mood? There were like, you know, backing dancers. It felt more like a pop star. Mm. I think I think that was it. It was like, oh, but I saw it at the time as being like, well, fucking yeah, like she, you can't stay like, yeah, this. It's like when people talk about like 
and they go, oh, it monkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, but they're not that band. Yeah, they from can't stay Sheffield. the Sheffield band yeah. who are singing about nightclubs. It's like yeah. they're singing about space. Yeah, they're like, yeah, what are you going to do? They're like living out in LA now. They can't yeah. talk about, you know, Rotherham. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I just saw it like that. I was like, she is, she's just huge now. She has become. Yeah, a huge famous that album pop star. Just, that second album just went and went and went, and like she yeah. made her even more famous as a musician. Yeah, in a way that people weren't willing to admit before. Like she got Ivor Novello awards for that and yeah. everything. You know. Yeah, was it? Was it? I think she was like three. Yeah. Which is like nuts. Yeah, I think only one one person's done that since. Really, I, th- I think I could be really wrong in saying that, but I think that is the case, and it's like, and obviously that's something that's picked by people in the industry mm. it's not picked by fans necessarily it's yeah and I, so it is it's that album so I, I think i was like i mean i love I, when it came out i still loved jesus because i was like mm. you know when it's one of your favorite artists they bring out new music and yeah, you're like this, you're there. this is great um and there were still like really good little um it didn't feel like it was a sellout at all but because there were still like moments where I heard all that. But I think, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can't fully put my finger on why I didn't pick a song from there. Well, the thing is that, that you know, based on and another like great thing about her as not just an artist, but as a person to follow in the public eye is that I do feel like she's very trustworthy mm. because she's extremely honest. And, and like, obviously it's easy to be honest about like speaking truth to power or like, you know, saying things that like you feel are dishonest or fake, but like she's honest about her own um, output and her yeah. own behavior, and, mm. she, and she'll just say, and she's got that very, you know, sort of almost monotone delivery that when she's doing interviews, she's like, "Yeah, I did Jesus, and um, it was kind of contrived. It wasn't very good. I felt like I had to do something. I was uh, grieving the loss of my child. I uh, hated my band. I hated touring it. I was sad all the time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and you get so rare. It's really rare. I, I mean, it is because it's again, it's just her." honesty and i don't think people are prepared for that people are sort of expect someone to come on plug their album say it's the best thing they've ever written how much they love doing Mm -hmm. it and she was there and you know that's what she kind of said and i think that's another reason why you know a lot a lot of the press and tabloids gave us such a hard time because she would say it before they got a chance to yeah so i think they were just like right we just we have to to dial this up now whatever yeah, we're gonna yeah. whatever we're gonna say about it we just need to make it even more harsh well that's you know? what she says in her like in her book as well which is again really well written and I, I generally don't like a celebrity memoir uh, um, I find them kind of formulaic but I think she goes out of her way to sort of avoid formulas with it that makes it interesting yeah Um, and she's like you know, part of the reason me doing this, part of it is that like I want my daughters to have this record mm. of my thoughts, and you can feel that in the writing. Oh my god, absolutely, yeah. It feels like because generally when you read a celebrity memoir, um, particularly they've written it themselves, which is quite rare to begin with. Um, it's like I hate them so much. They're just like, um, <laughs> you know, 2014 LA. I'm swimming in a cerulean pool <laughs> when my agent tells me I've won. Da 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 da. Yeah. But that wasn't always the case. Once I was a little girl trapped <laughs> on the edges yeah. of a society. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like so sort of florid and wants to really set them as like the hero of this like uh-huh. magnificent story. And you can so tell that when Lily like 
sat down to write this book, she was like, this is good. This is for my daughters. If I died tomorrow, they wouldn't just have the tabloids to go by. And I want every sentence to be true mm-hmm. and direct and not couched in like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. look where I am now. She's like, my kids don't need that. They no. actually don't, you know. No, and I think it's so, again, something that she like, when she talks about the book, that she brings up a lot is like, she's not that she, she openly says, it's not the truth, it's yeah, my it's truth. It's a truth, yeah. Because if it's a story that involves my brother, yeah, he's going to have his truth of it because we saw it from different perspectives or we had different versions of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. But, you know, especially when it comes to the press thing, I think there was there was a time where uh, a newspaper had got part, got hold of part of the book. You know, they said, oh, we're going to print this part of the book because mm. we think it's going to be great news. Like, within seconds, she was on Twitter and she told everyone. She's like, it's not, like, meant to be an exciting part of the book. Mm. It's actually quite the opposite. It's like a really sad moment. Yeah. I didn't tell it to be this kind of like, oh God, how exciting, how crazy. It's like I was telling it because I was in a really bad place at the time. Yeah. And like to even just put the record straight, just like that, I'm like, the press, that's that's why the press give her a hard time because she gets there ahead of them. Yeah. She just says it how it is. It's not fair that they do that. Yeah. It's not cool that they do that. You know, she does. She gets there before them to just say it. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to try and explain it any differently. That's what they're going to yeah, say. Yeah. But this is why. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. And it, it's so rare, actually. It's strangely rare to, like, when you hear an artist talk about how the press treats them. Mm. So, um, it's rare that they have a succinct and clear version of it and this is I think what I go back to with her being someone who was born around fame and grew up around fame mm. and, and having a very inbuilt thing of how it works like I was listening to an interview where she was like oh yeah you know uh, Rupert Murdoch bought my space to crush it because it was becoming too powerful for the papers and then the papers do it she's a very clear and logical brain of like here's the infrastructure I operate within and here's yeah. how all these forces come down on me and it's a small way but it's a way that affects my life and uh, it's yeah. not fair and you should be mad about it too you know yeah and but she's so um just unbelievably concise about it I think she's yeah. a great mind you know yeah I mean it's a very difficult thing to you know actually speak up and say that and like it's not like she just says oh newspaper she calls out what papers you know yeah, like yeah. yeah she says it and it's like wow there's a bit very in, refreshing on george ezra's podcast i know we would listen to yeah 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 where and I, do you know what up my hands up i never gave a thought to george ezra before but now i think he's a very nice young man because <laughs> i think he's a good interviewer so it was very you good. you watch that george ezra i bet he's gonna go places <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll um, be all right but he sort of admits that he's like i don't i don't yeah. Say things I don't, and she chastises. She kind of brings it up on it. She's like, "That's not good enough. Like you have to." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, but I don't feel like I'm well read enough." She was like, "Well, you think racism is bad, don't you?" Yeah. 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 So it's like you're in this position, and it's a very fortunate position where, and it's not just musicians. I suppose it's anyone that's sort of in the arts in general that they get, they get fans, so they get mm. people listen to them. Yeah, and she has a real clear sense of like the legacy of music in the 80s and like Rock Against Racism and all yeah. these artists who had a very clear political mindset yeah. and how 
and she talks a lot about Spotify and streaming and about how mm-hmm. it has defanged music in a very real way mm. and how like she, she something she says is, I think was really brilliant when she's like um, if you know back in the 80s or whatever some, or 70s someone was listening to The Clash they had a reaction to it and some, some of the reaction was really positive and some of it mm. was really negative but it got on the radio anyway because people were talking about it Yeah, and you sort of you change that to Spotify where it's like people are skipping over it and mm. that's because they don't like it but that doesn't mean it's not good you know no yeah and it's and therefore, I can the, see the mediocre, that. the thing that the things that most people agree on, that is okay, i.e., the George Ezra's, like <laughs> that's the stuff. That's the stuff that becomes incredibly popular, and it is. Yeah. It is quite toothless. Sorry, like well, because it's like I feel like we're like poor George Ezra. Yeah, I know. Given hates George Ezra, I like a lot of George Ezra's music, but it's like you know, a radio station could be like, great, George Ezra's just released a song. We're going to be able to play him for years because yeah. It's George Ezra. He's, he's never gonna, you know. He'll never die. Yeah, and it'll it'll always be, you know, a happy song and yeah, this yeah. where it's like certain artists they must be like, oh, they're bringing out this new song we haven't heard it yet, but is it gonna be something we're gonna have to play a lot? And it's like, well, no, it should be like if it's a popular yeah. song. But that thing of like radio DJs used to be really powerful, and maybe in mm. in some ways that was negative, but the positive ways of that was that like. A curator like somebody who had and like you still get that with like Lauren Laverne or someone like yeah. where it's like here's somebody with extremely good taste who will play things that might confuse you yeah. but is good for you and you should be hearing as opposed to the Spotify thing of like I my, my Spotify mix or like it's recommended to me is flawless and that's mm. bad because <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. shouldn't be listening to Phoebe Bridgers and people who sound like Phoebe Bridgers all the time no, yeah. I should be like tested like yeah. uh it's like about Chinese. I love Chinese. Oh. It's so, so sweet. So there's it's a the lot... first real sweet song we've talked about so far. Yeah. I think there's a lot... Of... This is silly, but... There's a lot of her songs that I'm like, that's exactly how I idolise a monogamous relationship. What? <laughs> well, I'm like, you know, when she talks about you'll make me beans on toast and a nice cup of tea. Yeah. I don't even really like beans on toast, but I'd love someone to do that for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and like... It's about her mum, right? Is it not? See, I didn't know that. You th- oh, I always thought it was about her mum. Oh, wow. Oh, this is... I When I listen to it, it's about my mum. <laughs> what? I mean, it so could be. I Why did I always think... I mean, there's Why didn't I? It's a bit like, how do we know that Humpty Dumpty is an egg? Like, he doesn't say anywhere in the lyrics that he is. Um, but I always thought it was his... I'm trying to think of the lyrics. I, never I don't want anything more yeah. than to see your face when I walk through the door. Yeah. Maybe... That is, could so be about her mum. Let's look up the lyrics. Let's have a look. Let's look but, up the lyrics. Okay, so I mean, it's weird that I've then referenced that with being like... <laughs> that's how I, mean, I imagine monogamy. Like a very special lady. <laughs> oh, she is, but, you know... I've just sort of compared it to... Okay, so I think... Cause here's here's my case for it being her mum. So the first... And you can disagree. Your, sure. your version can still be true. Sure. Um, she says, I see, you from the, I see you from the sky. I wonder how long it'll take me to get home. I'll wait for an hour or so at the carousel. Have a cigarette to pass the time because the traffic's hell. I don't want... Okay, so... Oh, this now makes sense. Her, her, her coming home from tour and being in her mum's house is yeah. what I felt it was about. Or even... Even you just reading that bit yeah. has made me think about, you know, uh, 
quite an early part in her book where she she didn't get picked up from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, it, I mean, you know, is probably a heartbreaking thing for a kid. I can only imagine. It's really awful to read yeah. about. Yeah. And she's I mean, like, it's like, and that's early in the book and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, she's like seven. Yeah, yeah. and she like doesn't get picked up. So, I mean, yeah. I can now totally see. This is amazing. I, I love that I'm learning new stuff. Thank you, Wayne. There's me coming in being like, yeah, I know everything about every single one of her songs on every album. I think it's fine. I think, but that's maybe, cool. but, but like, and I don't know why I decided it definitely was about her mum the first time I listened to it. Maybe I was having some of my own issues. But uh, she does talk a lot about her mum in the book. And like, mm. she's she's very clear that she's like, you know, she's like, everything my mum did, every all the ways she failed us are the ways in which I have also failed my daughter. It's like this yeah. thing of like, over scheduling work because you have a drug addiction and you need mm. to get away from your family in order to facilitate your addiction and then when you come back to your family is when you don't use and you feel suffocated and trapped and she's like that's how that's, you know I've been there I've done, I've done those things I get it yeah. I forgive my mom now but it also doesn't remove the fact that she hurt me deeply like in a way that is sort of like abuse by negligence really <laughs> you know and I think it's so um, interesting that thing of being like you know for someone well, anyone really, you work so hard to, you know, get to a certain point or where you want to strive to in a career, but also you want to have life at the same time. So yeah. they have children. It's like, how do those two things balance? And, I, you know, she speaks about her mum not being able to balance it very well. Yeah. And she speaks about not being able to balance it very well. Yeah. Which is which is so rare. Like I think you, we we hear artists talk about their children, mm. and they like they talk, you know they get they have an interview. They talk for forty five minutes about their work, their art, how they feel about it, and their whatever. And then they'll be like, "Oh well, you know, Marlo is six and uh, Crucible is two, and yeah. uh, they're the most darling little boys, and that's it. And uh, yeah. yeah, it is hard not seeing them, but when I do see them, it's very special. <laughs> Goodbye now. Yeah. And it'll be <laughs> but, like the most like." obvious thing being like yeah fuck oh, loves loves to paint <laughs> like, he lo- and and is he proud of daddy yeah. oh you know i don't think he has much of an idea really yeah. okay oh, i don't know mm. um but but like lily on an interview it's like these questions she's still asking herself she'll just be mm. like and in her songs as well it's partic- particularly in the fourth album which i think is, is her real masterpiece i do i think it's the best it's so best fucking album. good and like the she'll she's really sitting in like i am failing my children yeah. daily we are absolutely opposed in what we both want and what we both think is best i mm. need to do my work to pay my mortgage she wants me to be around all the time. She wants to have a consistent life and mm. I can't give it to her and I'm really sorry and I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive myself. Yeah. And you so rarely hear artists sit in that. No, and I think it's so... I mean, even... You know, obviously there's a very specific song on the album, Three, yeah. about that. And yeah. it's like... Again, it was one of them songs that I remember listening to it for the first time and I was like, oh, this is amazing, this is amazing. And then it got to the chorus. I was like, I'm only three. I was like... What does that mean? I wonder. What does it mean for someone to be three? And then I was like, Oh wait, she's talking about her kids. Yeah, yeah. I was like, This is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, I think that with that whole album in general, like mm. she just, she's like, oh, This is all Put, of it now. Yeah, it's all of it. Yeah. I still think it's like so amazing that the book, my thoughts exactly, coming out with an album called No Shame. Mm. I mean, it must have just been like, Do you know what? This yeah. is it now. It's all yeah. coming out. And, and I there's, think... There's no set dressing. It's just no. like, here's it. here it is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like that... It really is that in, in every aspect of her life, you know, in all sort of areas where it's like she talks about the addiction and 
the lifestyle that she was just living in general. Yeah. You know, that's in certain songs. Um, which is really interesting. And, you know, I mean, I was really... I, I still don't know how my mate Aaron got the tickets, but... Um, Aaron very much a supporting character of this. He really is, yeah. <laughs> he better listen to it now. <laughs> yeah, he will be. Um, but he got these tickets. I remember it was like so classic fan moment of like I was I was at drama school at the time and some people are going to find this out for the first time I like pretended that I was not feeling great in the afternoon because I was like I have to get to Tufnell Park because Aaron is sat on the floor queuing lining up oh my god um <laughs> I was like and he kept texting me that he needed a coffee because he'd been there for like two hours so I was like I need to I need to leave School early for this, like school, like it's ridiculous. I have a um, Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't feel so good. I need to go. And there's like, do you want to just sit and watch? Nah, I better go. See you yeah. later. Run into the bathroom, put a Lily Allen t-shirt on, oh and run to Tuffin Park. I can't believe park. you didn't wear your Lily Allen t-shirt today. I know. I did think that was going to be a bit much. Not one. I've got one from every time I've seen her. We managed to get these tickets, and it was such a small gig. I think there was like between two and three hundred people there. Mm. Um, and it was just before No Shame came out. Mm. So there was no set. It was literally like two musicians on stage and just her performing this entire album. Wow, brand new album. Yeah. Wow. And it was amazing. Because like you say, it was what it was. There's no set. It was. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It was really like... It's such an amazing... Let's just skip on to this album because I yeah. think it's so amazing. I think the second album is brilliant because... But it is it is like like stories or it's mm. like, um you know idea like the thing not not fair it's like that doesn't that can very easily be about someone specific but it's also kind of about the general experience of men and women and having sex right yeah. like and there's lots of those and like you know fuck you is like obviously a very political song and Huge she just sang song. it with olivia rodrigo and like but these are not diary entries they're not memoir in the way no this no shame the fourth album is just feels yeah. like it feels like selected diary entries from a year of a person's life a really yeah. hard bad year you know? Yeah, I, and it's. I think that's exactly it. And as I say, I, I, it's not. It's not just, you know, um, like relationship. It's not just uh, being a mother. It's not mm. just the lifestyle. It's all. It's everything. It's literally just like yeah. I'm gonna put it all in an album. Yeah. In a book and in an album. I. The the line from the because I hadn't listened to it until you t- I didn't even know it existed because I think wow. and she talks about it but she talks about the fact she's like I'm not I'm I'm too old to be Radio One I'm I'm a mother and they don't know how to market me and so I'm never really going to be famous again and maybe mm. that's okay but it's kind of annoying you know that no one's yeah. going to hear about my music because I hadn't heard about it at all no and um, hearing that first track that and there's a bit where it's the lyric is. If you go on the record saying that you know me, then how come I'm so lonely because nobody fucking phones me? Yeah. And it's like, for a first track, it's like, fuck. Yeah. It's It's a great opening track. It so situates you. And like, this is somebody who's been famous for most of their life. And like, that thing of, and and you know, I have this with people who are, you know, bigger and more, like even Dolly, where it's like, I assume she'll be busy all the time because she looks busy all the time and she does a lot of stuff. And like, and then I'll I'll realize that maybe I you know did need to call her or something and that like mm. what, how, if that's what it's like for our pal Dolly Alderton then what's it like for Lily <laughs> Allen someone who's been famous for a long time yeah. of like thinking someone is like self sufficient and glamorous and just doing their thing mm. and actually just like really fucking struggling you know yeah I mean it's so true and it, you know I think that that side of it comes in as well in 
Trigger Bang. Trigger Bang. It's such a good song. It's amazing. It's so I good. think that was the first single of the album. It's yeah, yeah, it's massive. Um, uh, and it is amazing. With when, gigs, when I, yeah, yeah and he he came out at the gig mm. at that small gig in Tuffnell Park that I went yeah. to. He he uh, come on and did the song with her. But there's this, you know, it's like. I mean, the whole thing is amazing. It's very much like that. But, you know, what's the bit where she, she talks about, like, hanging out at the firehouse and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, she literally says, she's like, I was just hanging out there too much. Like, yeah. just because it was, like, something to do and it looked like I was sort of, that thing of looking like you're busy. Yeah. And that you're around. Yeah. That's what that whole song, I think, is sort of about. It's like, now I, I just don't hang around with them people because actually they're, not fucking good for me. With Trigger Bang, there's this thing, there's like a, there's like an honest amount of melancholy and sadness to it. There's this thing, like, you know, that's why I can't hang out with the cool gang. Everyone's a Trigger Bang, 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 Bang. And mm. it's like this thing of, she really wishes she could be the kind of person who could just have a sparkling water and have a laugh anyway and just be yeah. out with cool people and meet cool people and just be one of those great people who don't even make a thing that they're not drinking. No. You don't even notice. But she sort of knows she, she can't be and she never will be and she just has to sort of step back from it. And yeah. like, it feels very mournful. Yeah, it's so true. And I think even what you just, you know, sort of said is like, there's a huge respect for someone who has been an, an, an addict if she herself as an addict I don't know um to just say like actually like you know just because I'm on this road of recovery now mm. it doesn't doesn't mean it's easy it's or not, over it's, yeah, yeah it's like you know I as someone who's in recovery you sort of really appreciate that when someone mm. actually turns around and goes Do you know what like just just because it happened that long ago Mm. And it was that far away in my life doesn't mean that it's not still a struggle. Yeah. You know, it's not, and not to glamorize it. Mm. It doesn't glamorize yeah. that world of being addicted to yeah. alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's something about like when I was young, I was blameless. I had a foot in the rave because I, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Thing yeah, yeah. Of, of I, li I like this thing of like, being blameless kind of thing of this, mm. and it comes up a couple of times in that song of like it's um it's nobody's fault you know yeah. it's like yes you have to be responsible for your actions but mm -hmm. you know it's it's not a moral thing you know yeah. I, guess, I guess is what I got from that maybe it's not it's not what she means but it's what I took from it mm. um Apples is the final song we have today it is the final song and it's I I think it's my favourite Lily Allen song really yeah why is that? There's a lot of reasons. I think one is is stripped back. Yeah. The whole song is just her singing and an, an electric guitar. Yeah, which is for somebody whose music has always been so rinsed in influences and yeah. different sounds layering on top of each other. It's There's something that I hear in it, and I remember when I sort of heard it for the first time and I could not stop listening to it. Yeah. Is I was like, it's actually a way of being like, taking a step back after a relationship and being like, mm. these were great moments. You know, mm. but now, like the line where it's like, uh, after the breeze, it's like, but it was all too much for me. Now I'm exactly where I didn't want to be. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it was great. We had our highs, we had our lows. And unfortunately, now, now I'm in a position mm. that is the reason I didn't want to go through all of that. 
because yeah. I'm now in the exact place that my mum and dad are. Yeah, yeah. Which is split up and a single parent. Yeah. It's so, it's, oh. so it's really sad. Like, yeah. This thing of, yeah, just... And she recounts their whole relationship in this very soft, like, whispery thing of like you know oh yeah two you know two years we have in the country and then yeah. you gave me my beautiful babies yeah i love that bridge i think it's great it's like one year and you gave me a set of keys yeah two years and you bend it down on one knee three years we're living out in the country four years and you give me my beautiful babies like she's literally gone through it and like that and you're like you can see this whole relationship and then it's sort of even the guitar drops out She's yeah. like, but it was too much for me. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but I think so many lyrics in that are so honest and pure. You know, before one of the choruses, she says, I like a drink, but that does not make me a wreck. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh. God. You can, you can almost like feel that argument, you know, when that was an argument or a conversation that you have in a relationship where she's going, you know. Yeah. Just because I like a drink, it doesn't make me a wreck. But it's like a person, person who's like lived with themselves long enough to know I'm this, but I'm not this. You know, mm. it's like I, I have a very clear-eyed view of who I am and the things that are wrong with me and like the things I've done. I've cheated on you and all up to that. And, mm. But like you can't, you can't also just totally throw my entire character under the bus. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think what you've just said is like a huge thing because it really relates to something I know I spoke to you about before, which is. There's like two or three pages in the book, in the introduction, that are just single lines and sentences that just all start with, I am. Mm. And it's just her saying, I am this, I am this, I am this. Yeah. And I think that's what that song essentially is saying. It's like, this is what it is. It's just all out. The cards are sort of all dealt now. They're out. It's like I'm saying it. So I think it's a really, it's like a heartbreaking song. Yeah. But, you know, something that I think she does amazingly is make it an incredibly catchy and listenable song, you know. So I think, yeah, I think it's probably my favourite one. It's a good one. It's a great one to end on. Yeah. I think. Do you want my one anecdote? Please. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have one anecdote about Keith Allen and her father. Okay. And I actually, there's a very slim chance that Liliana might listen to this. Who knows? Like, I hope so. She did Dolly's podcast, so she's in our sphere. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, it's always come up a lot in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, You're going to have to put it in the title. <laughs> Liliana and Dolly Alderson. With Dolly Alderson references. <laughs> um, but so many years ago, I was working on um, a set of a movie. I was a production secretary. Um, it's like 11 years ago. And uh, Keith Allen was in the movie. Okay. It was, it was a, a movie called The Magnificent Eleven. Okay. <laughs> it was a uh, football retelling of The Magnificent Seven. And uh, it is the worst movie in the world. It is the worst <laughs> film in the world, but Keith Allen has a starring <laughs> role. And, um, in it, um, there is a there was a small job for a uh, building a building site manager. Okay. And in the script, he was Irish, and we hadn't cast him yet. And I lied and okay. said, and my dad had done some amateur theatre, and had, and I lied and said my dad was like a proper Irish thesp. 
and, and they were like, oh my God, will he do it? And I was like, yeah, I think I can convince him. And I rang him. I was like, dad, do you want to be in a movie? And like, he was like, that was my dad. Like my big, his big dream was to be an actor. And oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. And like he, 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 like he has like clippings at home from like small local theater. And he, by all oh, accounts, wow. was very good, you know, oh, okay. but just had to let it go, you know? And so he came over for the day and he, his only scene was with Keith. No. And so they were in the trailer just together. Yeah. For like a couple of hours, you know how slow things are. And um, at the time, my eldest sister, who's Lily's age, I think, um, was pregnant. And so was Lily with uh, uh, her eldest, um, Ethel. Is Ethel? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my dad just sat with Keith Allen in like makeup chairs or whatever. And Keith kept <laughs> looking at his phone. He was like... Sorry, I mean, my dad had no fucking clue who Lily Allen is at all, by the way. He kind of knows who, Ke- he kind of knew Keith Allen was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of comic strip, but had no other context. Sure, sure. And Keith was kept looking at his phone. He was like, sorry, my daughter's pregnant. And I'm just like, she's really near and I'm really nervous because she yeah. had a very tragic uh, thing happen yeah. or whatever. My dad just like, oh, my daughter's pregnant. And they just kind of exchanged pregnant daughter stories. No way. And then afterwards I was like, how did it go? And he was like, oh yeah, I was talking to him about his daughter's pregnant. I was like, do you know who that is? Right? <laughs> He's like, no. Wow. <laughs> so That's I, amazing. When I was reading her book, I was like, she kind of asserted that her dad didn't really care about her and um, maybe, you know, or, not, or that he was a narcissist or is a narcissist. Mm. I'm sure that's probably true and it sounds on the money based on my working experience with him but uh, I just wanted to know that he was checking his phone all day well that's always good I think it's so interesting with that isn't it because I think like he's he's now known as Lily Allen's dad yeah yeah not yeah. Keith, not Keith Allen, Allen the actor not Lily Allen. so I, I think it's better I hope, having I hope Keith Keith's acting not, I, <laughs> sorry that is well me. I really hope Keith doesn't listen to this <laughs> All right, the dog's awake, so that means we have to get out of here. Yeah, he's up. He's up. <laughs> um, all right, Connor, this has been lovely. What a lovely chat this has been. It's been great. Thank yeah. you very much for having me. I think we've both almost cried a few times. Yeah, we've been close. <laughs> I've felt it. I have felt it a few times. I'm like, oh, God. All right, let's get a pint. This has been Sentimental Garbage, and I've been Caroline O'Donoghue. The podcast was produced and edited by me with mix and music by Harry Harris and artwork by Gavin Day. If you'd like to email me about the pod, you can do so on sentimentalpod at gmail.com or get in touch with me directly on Twitter or Instagram at ZaraLine. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.